CJ McCollum made his debut for the New Orleans Pelicans, but what went wrong in his first game? Let's break it down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans plus a Zion update. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday final show of the week. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. Been all over every story coming up on about this Pelicans team this week. We're ahead of the CJ McCollum news. We broke it all down after the fact. We broke down other parts of it, and there's going to be even more to talk about with it. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review. And we get to talk about CJ McCollum's first game. Didn't go the way the Pelicans wanted. Losing to the Miami Heat, 112-97. We're going to break it down here. Then we're going to talk about Herb freaking Jones, because did you see him in this game? Oh my God. And then we get a Zion update from David Griffin. There's some reading between the lines that we can do with this. So we'll talk about that in the third segment of today's show. So let's let's jump into it, right? The 112-97 loss to the Miami Heat. So first and foremost, Pelicans were on a four-game winning streak coming into this one. They lost. Don't overthink this game. This one's pretty simple, right? The Miami Heat are good. They have the best record in the East. The Pelicans are still just fighting for the 10th spot. In the Western Conference, you're also trying to integrate a significant player who's been in New Orleans for less than 48 hours. It's not like the easiest thing to do there. And you could see it out there on the court that there were some, I don't know what you call it, chemistry issues, like not being on the same page, essentially, with Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valanciunas. So, you know, it's a one-game sample, like whatever, right? In his first game here in New Orleans, Jonas Valanciunas had a terrible shooting night, and we've seen what he's capable of. We're not overly worried about it. We're not going to read too much into it. This isn't probably a big problem. The reason they lost this game is twofold. One, they didn't make their threes, right? This is this is a hallmark of the Pelican season. They shot 30, uh, where is it? Sorry, 26.8% from three, 11 of 41. Not a good number, right? Herb Jones, 0 for 2. Brandon Ingram, 1 to 3. Valanciunas, 0 for 1. CJ McCollum, oof, 2 of 10. He's going to be better than that. For his career, he's a 40% shooter. Maybe he was just trying to show this team that he's one of them by shooting poorly from three because that's what this team does. What a great way to build, you know, be like, hey, you guys, I'm just like you. I'm not better than you. Don't worry about it, right? I don't know. Devontae Graham, 4 of 11. Not terrible. Gary Clark, 0 for 3. Jose Alvarado, really the only good shooter in this one, 3 of 6. Najee Marshall, 0 for 1. Garrett Temple, 1 of 4. Bad shooting night. This is what the Pelicans do, though. Adding C.J. McCollum isn't going to make the other guys better shooters. That's kind of the problem. He will be fine himself, right? If he went 4 of 10, we'd feel fine, 40%. They still would have lost this game. He is not going to fix the three-point shooting issues themselves. himself. It's going to be guys like Devontae Graham, who almost anytime it leaves his hand, you can tell if it's going to be good. There's a slight like hitch in his shot, I think, when it's going to be off. He does like a little bit something different. It's not nearly as fluid. You know, he's got to be better than going 6 of 15. 
he he's been up and down all year, more down than up, I think, for the most part. And for what they gave up to get him, first round pick, potentially, it's gotta be better than that. You know, so you're gonna lose games when you shoot twenty six point eight percent from the field, but that number will get better when CJ McCollum kind of gets in a bit more of a rhythm, probably isn't as exhausted as he was in this one. Then the other part was, ooh, turnovers reared their ugly head at the worst time. 17 on the night, right? But basically in the fourth quarter, they had a couple of possessions. Brandon Ingram basically had three straight possessions where he gave the ball away. That's what did it right there. Six turnovers in the fourth quarter compared to zero for the Miami Heat. So even when the Pelicans got this one kind of close, they gave the ball away. And it really ended that they, they, you know, they'd be down 10. They make a run, get it to five, six points. And then a couple of turnovers would happen. And they, you know, all of a sudden it's back to being double digits. That's not how you're going to win very many games. So those turnovers really reared their ugly head at a bad time. And part of that was just mucked up spacing Won the heat are a good defensive team. And when the shooting was just as off as it was, you know, I, just kind of one of those things, like I shrug, like I'm not going to read too much into this because I think they made the right decision in getting C.J. McCollum. I think he's going to be a great shooter for this team. In fact, I know he's going to be a great shooter for this team, so I'm not overly worried about it. Again, don't read too much into this. And you saw, you know, in C.J. McCollum's debut, kind of what they envisioned with him, right? You saw a couple of times that he was the only real guard out there and they would go super tall. Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Jackson Hayes, and Jonas Valanciunas. And or sorry, Garrett Temple out there instead of Jacks and CJ McCollum. And he was running the point guard for him. He finished with five assists on the night. And you heard in his media availability before the game, David Griffin talking about how, you know, he, he can play point guard. He can be a primary ball handler. They're certainly going to give him minutes at the one, essentially. And again, once he gets kind of on the same page with his teammates, it'll work. You also saw him make the Miami Heat pay when they doubled Jonas Valanciunas in the post and he kicked it out to C.J. McCollum and C.J. nailed that three on the left wing in the first half. Imagine that with Zion Williamson. I don't trust Devontae Graham to make those shots. I don't trust really anyone other than C.J. McCollum to make those shots. And he does. So that was cool, right? Like, you're going to be happy with that. This is going to have dividends paid to it. So you saw how they're going to use him. You also saw some funky things too, right? You saw a three-guard lineup. I said, I wouldn't, you know, you could you could convince me to start Jose Alvarado and her and not Herb Jones and CJ McCollum in the backcourt. But they ran Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones, and Devontae Graham alongside Herb Jones and Jonas Valanciunas or Jackson and Valanciunas. You you essentially have CJ playing the three, right? You're running a three-guard lineup, so it's not technically that, but they're doing some funky things that were kind of fun, and there were open looks. With that three-guard lineup that has some shooting and some like feistiness in it in Jose Alvarado. So I'm going to be curious to see if they do that more. But overall, this is them struggling to integrate CJ McCollum, who went through, what, half a practice and a shoot-around this morning. That's it. It's going to take some time. We saw this after the DeMarcus Cousins trade too, right? Like they didn't win games right away after they traded for DeMarcus Cousins to pair him alongside Anthony Davis. That started to come next season. It's going to take... A little bit of time. It's not a big deal that they lost. Just kind of one of those things. And we will move on. And CJ will move on. They're going to get a crack at the San Antonio Spurs, a team you definitely want to beat because they're fighting for the 10th spot too on Saturday on Crew Devuna. All right, coming up, let's talk about Herb freaking Jones because that dude is so much fun. He's so much fun. Like he might be over Brandon Ingram and other guy and Jose Alvarado, my favorite player on the team. I think he is that much fun 
of a player. And he did some special things in this game. So let's talk about it coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more prompts, odds, and lines than ever before as football is at the big game this weekend. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And look, it's not just football, right? BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. You can get in on that in-game betting. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season, including all the player props you want. The over on Herb Jones blocks and steals. BetOnline.net, BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week for you all, no paywall or anything like that. Breaking down not just the biggest stories, but like the ancillary parts of that, the trailing parts of that that are also important, little things. We're talking about it all here. And now... It's Super Week, brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in L.A. for the Super Bowl all week covering the big game, so please make them your second listen today. All right, we're talking about C.J. McCollum's debut in the 112-97 loss against the Miami Heat. Again, don't worry about it. Don't overthink this. The Heat are good. The Pelicans aren't at that level yet, and they're just trying to integrate a new guy. Okay, it'll be fine. But you know who is good and who I'm not worried about, though? There's two things with it, right? Herb freaking Jones. This dude is so awesome. He's so awesome. You know, uh, when I craft this show and when I talk, you know, we have three segments every day. I kind of have a goal of what's the one like thing I want you to take away from each segment, right? Segment one is this team will be fine. They're integrating CJ McCollum. Everything will be okay. This segment, I don't, I don't have anything as deep as that. Like when my big takeaway when I was kind of putting the show together was Herb Jones is freaking awesome. <laughs> and you should think Herb Jones is awesome. That's, that's really it. That's kind of the segment. I just want to like talk glowingly about him. He had three blocks in this game. Two of them were, th- actually all three were incredible, right? One of them was on a fast break for the Miami Heat. They get the ball down in the first half. They get the ball inside. They kick it back out. And then they kick it around basically to the corner. And someone blew their defensive assignment. They went to go cover the wing instead of staying home on the corner shooter and letting someone else help over. Right? You had a guy basically at the break. You had a guy in the corner. And you had a defender down on the corner guy. And he goes to cover the guy in the wing when the ball gets passed to him. Instead of letting someone else go and do it, leaving the corner shooter the highest three-point percentage shot there is, wide open. I don't remember who it was. And then all, and I'm like, well, that's going to be a made three. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like Superman or the Flash maybe, Herb Jones comes in and blocked the shot. I did not see him at all. I saw the shot going up, and then all of a sudden, someone blocks it, and it took me a second to realize it was Herb. They didn't even have a replay on the big screen in the Smoothie King Center because, one, they probably were just like, oh, we don't need to film this. It's going to be a made Heat 3. And they weren't expecting Herb Jones to come in and do what he did, looking like a superhero, basically. It was awesome. And then he had another corner three block. Same corner, like two possessions later. And then down low, he blocked Bam Adebayo in the second half. It's incredible what this guy is doing as the 35th overall pick playing significant minutes. He gets screwed by the refs. He gets absolutely screwed by the refs. He does not get 
even remotely a friendly whistle or a whistle that's as, I don't know what the right word is, relevant to him, like what it should be. He gets whistled on calls as if he was just a scrub defender who's screwing up. And he's not. He goes up and is just like pure verticality in a lot of these contests that he has on jumpers. And they, they call him on fouls that I don't get. Part of it is his feet are moving forward a little bit. But he's doing it kind of in the paint. And it's not like an egregious thing like you would do on a three-point shooter when, yeah, you got to give them room to land and you call that. He's moving like an inch. But for the most part, he's going straight up and down. He had four fouls in this one. He had three in the first half that really had to put him on the bench and kind of screwed up the Pelicans and their rotation and what they were looking to do. Necessitated some of that three-guard lineup we just talked about. Whenever, and it's probably next season, he gets like an appropriate, that's the word I'm thinking of, an appropriate whistle from the refs. And the refs were bad in this one, right? He, good, good luck. He's going to be an all-defensive team player. He should be in consideration now for it. I don't know if he will. Maybe, at best, you're looking at second team for him. But he should be in consideration for it. He's not going to be in rookie of the year running. But honestly, for what he's doing defensively and the minutes he's playing, and when you kind of factor in where he was drafted and the expectations based around that, right? Like, you have higher expectations for Evan Mobley than you do Herb Jones, just purely based on where he was drafted. So... When you kind of put, and look, maybe that gets counted in there, but probably not. But what Herb Jones is doing, man, I went to the, the team store to go look for Herb Jones stuff to buy. I was so freaking excited about him in this game. I'm trying not to swear, and I want to, and so I'm saying freaking a lot because he's that good. Those two blocks in the corner were just unbelievable. And the Pelicans, I love that they're keying in on this, by the way, and have now in the arena, like a graphic they play after he makes a big defensive play, and it just says not on Herb. It's awesome. This guy is so good. Uh, he, he needs to start getting some more national recognition. He's not going to win Rookie of the Year, right? He's not going to probably finish in the top three of Rookie of the Year. But he should at least be talked about in articles when they're writing about Rookie of the Year. Maybe he's your token fourth or fifth guy in there, I think. But he, he should be in the conversation somewhat, even if it's just ancillary, because he's been that good. I cannot say enough good things about Herb Jones. He might be my favorite player on the team. So we go from good stuff to a little bit less good stuff. We got an update from on Zion from David Griffin, not the one we were expecting. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Shopify. Ching! I love that sound. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. And I used to work in banking. I know treasury management tools where you can take credit cards, online orders, things like that. They're expensive, and they used to be super expensive, right? But Shopify is going to make it easy for any business to get access to this so that you can compete with the bigger people. Upstarts, startups, established businesses alike can sell everywhere and synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed because scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. And Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. And you gain insight as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. You've got to know your numbers, and Shopify is going to make it easy to do so. 
More than a store, Shopify grows with you. And this is a possibility for your business powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. All right, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans also brought to you by Built Bar. It's that time of year where you probably give up on your New Year's resolutions. King cake is everywhere. Trying to eat healthier is just not fun. You want chocolate. You want all those things that taste good. But this year, it's easier if you're using Built Bars to help you. And I'm sticking to my resolution to eat much better thanks to Built Bar. And really, it doesn't even feel like I'm trying all that hard because I look forward to eating these things. I eat one of these every single day, basically for lunch. And they're so good, I look forward to it because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. You got to give their Puff Bars a try. And if you haven't had them, you're missing out on one of the best tasting Built Bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, like all of the Built Bars are. And I love the churro puff bar. It's like cinnamony. It's super good. And these things are low in calorie, high in protein. So replace your candy bars or your other snacks with Built Bars. They're better. So go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low carb, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to whatever else you want, and Built Bar is going to win it every single time. And they taste amazing. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at built.com. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast five days a week, breaking down the big stories around this team. Now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Saints with host Ross Jackson. He's on Radio Row at the Super Bowl, getting you interviews, giving you insight. We got a new head coach. What's going to be the QB situation? Ross is breaking it all down and everything black and gold over at Locked On Saints. So we got a Zion Williamson update, kind of, and it was weird. If you watch David Griffin's media availability, we're going to read between the lines here. So basically what he said was, and he he used this word four times, four times, right? Again, Pee Wee's Playhouse word of the day where they all freak out for my older listeners who get that reference. He used the word anecdotally four times, which is a weird word to use in this. He said that anecdotally, he's heard Zion is really good. He, Trajan Langdon, Went to Oregon, where Zion has been with Nike, to, you know, just be with him, visit him, kind of see how he's doing, all of that stuff, and said things look great. He looks good. He's working his butt off to try and get, you know, a little bit of weight loss and get in shape to try and play and and get back out there on the court. And he kept saying anecdotally because, and this is the weird part of it, I don't know if they have access to all the specifics and things like that's going on right now. And I wonder if this team still is in the dark a little bit about it, right? Just say he's doing well. He's progressing well. Why are you saying anecdotally based on what you're seeing and hearing from Trajan Langdon? So it sounds like it went from Zion to Trajan to Griff. And I don't know if there's a direct line there between Zion and Griff, which again, I've talked about this extensively, right? There's some friction between those two. So maybe it is better to have a go-between. And they did. And look, Griff maybe doesn't need to go to Oregon and he's busy kind of running everything with the team, making the C.J. McCollum trade and good job, Griff, on that. So maybe this is just kind of like a division of labor to a certain extent. A little weird though, right? Like a little, little weird. 
So what Griff said was, you know, probably towards the end of next week, he's going to have more scans and imaging done to see how the foot is healing. So maybe that also just hasn't been done in a while. And, you know, or maybe it has. And, you know, I think they, they, you know, they just might not know how it's healing until they do those scans. And they gave him kind of some time off, go do your thing, rehab. Well, look, I can tell you from sources, you know, that Zion's lost a good bit of weight, good bit of weight. I can tell you that right now. If you were to see him today, he looks like a very, very different person. Is the foot healed? Can he play this season? That remains to be seen. But I definitely think he is progressing in the right direction. We might not see him on the court this season. But I think the next time we really like see him, he talks to the media or whatever, you're going to feel better about things overall, even if he doesn't play this year. That's kind of the optimistic glass half full way to look at this, right? You know, it doesn't sound like he's still around the team or anything like that. You know, Griff had said that he was excited about the CJ McCollum trade and that he wished he could be here to kind of like celebrate with the team and be around CJ, but he's not. Okay. You know, so he's still going to be rehabbing away from the team. So we'll get probably more of an update after those scans, which means probably not next week, probably the week after we get more of like the press release update which I was kind of expecting. Look, we're going to get it soon, and I think it'll kind of be out, but he's lost some weight, I can tell you that much for sure, and I think he looks pretty good, and that's an encouraging sign, right? Like, that alone is an encouraging sign if you're a Pelicans fan. I just don't know if he's going to end up playing this year, and that's kind of the disappointing side of it, and also why they brought C.J. McCollum in. But look, that C.J. trade, as I talked about the past couple days, right, serves three purposes. Help him this season, which it should do. Help him next season when everyone's healthy, including Zion Williamson. But also send a message to Zion that you're serious about winning. You're serious about competing. You're not a dysfunctional organization. And if what Griff is saying is true, which is not the easiest way to, way to look at things he says, you know, and Zion's excited about it, they've accomplished that third goal too. And I think that's a really important thing. So, we might not see Zion, but I actually think there is a lot of reason for optimism around him. But we'll see once we get more imaging and whatever, as I've been waiting for like two weeks on this, right? The next official update on this is. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, this week of Locked On Pelicans. I am exhausted, but I was thrilled to be here with you all this week, breaking down the big news around the team. It was a lot of fun. There's a lot of excitement around him. The Smoothie King Center was rocking frankly, for this game for the Miami Heat against the Miami Heat. I love it. It's a fun time to be a Pelicans fan. We're going to be covering it all more next week as we break down the game over the weekend, get you set for Monday, and this homestand continues three games next week. That's a big deal for New Orleans, so we're going to be talking about it then. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all on Monday.